Hello. Normally we'd use this little intro bit to say something amusing about the episode, but this time I'm going to repeat a warning. If you haven't seen The Disappearance of Alice Creed, you may want to pause this, go and watch it, and come back. We are going to talk about The Shining first, but if you haven't seen that, you may want to pause this, and well, you get the idea. With that said, on with the show. Hello, lovely friends. Welcome to episode 38 of Have You Seen? I am Kieran, the world traveller, Lefort. Uh, yeah, sitting just... sitting with me is uh, Tom Homebase Webb. Hello. I just thought like you had struggled to remember your own name then. Oh, don't. It's been a long time. Yes. since uh, I've been to two foreign countries since we last recorded. Bloody hell, that's right, yeah. Yeah, one of them twice. Wow. Yeah, no, it's been a while. As we stated a couple of weeks ago, we, we've been exceptionally busy. Um, Absolutely. Hopefully things are going to calm down a little bit. Uh, so we should be able to be a bit more regular with the episodes, is what we, we're hoping for. Um, yes. But let's just dive dive straight in. Okay, we're going okay. to start with The Shining, aren't we? Yes. This is going to be a bit more of a uh, rustly show than usual, because on one of my foreign trips, my bag went walkabout, and it contained my iPad, which contained, had all my notes on it. So I've had to rewrite <laughs> everything on paper with a pen, and you've no idea how painful that's been for me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I'll find a little French bastard who's got my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give him a paper cut. Yeah. The Shining. Yeah. Recap The Shining. Okay. Um, so it's Stanley Kubrick's uh, horror movie um, based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, it's Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, little kid called Danny Lloyd and Scatman Carruthers, pretty much the entire cast. There's, there's a few extra other people not kicking around. Yeah, towards the beginning. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. The- it's pretty much they're, they're the crux of the yes the the, the film. Um, the basic premise is that uh, writer Jack Torrance takes a job as a winter te- caretaker at a remote uh, mountain hotel called the Overlook Hotel. And basically, while he's there, his job is just to maintain the hotel, you know, cycle the heating around the rooms, make sure everything's all right, and that the winter doesn't really kind of do too much damage to the hotel because they're they're quite harsh. Um, and they know they're going to get isolated. They know they're going to get cut off. They've got lots of food, and um, but things start to go a little bit awry. Uh, there there are various kind of supernatural elements to the to the film. You, mm. you kind of never you're never quite sure whether things are possessed or people are seeing things or if it's all in the mind or if it's real or if it's not and it's all very odd and mm. kind of weird and it's one of the few horror films that I find really genuinely creepy um, just because I find it very unnerving because there are aspects of it that are very real and aspects of it that aren't and some of the real aspects are just as scary as the kind of mm-hmm. not so real ones. So what did you think of it? Um, I'm going to start with a complaint. Yeah. Stop lending me discs that start the moment I put them in the plane. <laughs> right. This happens time and again. That's not my fault. I, I don't put... author the, the Blu-rays. <laughs> I put it in. I went to the kitchen to get a snack and it started. Yeah. I will say, um, with respect to the cinematography and the transfer, I thought the, the opening swoop yeah. over the lake was a digital creation to get into the, the Blu-ray uh, menu, which yeah. is why I didn't stop it. Right. Yeah. Um, the transfer is amazing. It is. It sounds a bit iffy, I think. Well, we'll talk about the sound later. Yeah. Um, the the picture is just fantastic. Is, so yeah. crisp. It does mm. not look like it was made in 1980. No, no and I think... It that, doesn't even look like it was made in 2000. No, it's it, just spot that, on. That opening sequence with the helicopter shots and how close that helicopter gets to that Volkswagen Beetle, I think are really impressive. Mm. Um, and this stunning views out really does show off how good the transfer is. Just yes. the first few minutes. And over those gorgeous helicopter shots, they put yeah. the worst opening titles. Yeah, they just, just scroll up in a horrible blue font. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do I say about The Shining? Do you want me to divide it into good points and bad points? Do you want me to just dive in? Do you want me to read my notes in chronological order? Um, give, give us a very quick overview of your feeling. Like, I don't like it. You don't like I it. I don't like it. I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if you would. Like I said last time out, last in the last episode. I was yeah. going to say last week then, but that's the far, far yeah. from the truth. Yeah. Um, I was. I was never sure whether you would like this one or not. Um, but I think you should see it regardless of whether you like it or not. Yeah. There, there's things I like about it. Yeah. Again, I thought there would be, and then I thought there were other bits that you wouldn't. Mm. Um, so I, I've got a few theories as to what I think you won't like, but we'll find uh, what out. What I didn't like, it was yeah. I got really bored. Really? I found it very boring. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. What was it that bored you? Um, I was fine for like the first half an hour and 40 right. minutes, and then 
once Jack Nicholson started overacting, right. I lost interest. Okay. I completely lost interest. Shelley right. Duvall annoyed the absolute shit yes. out of me for two hours. I She's, think I find that's a, that's a common... Not... Well, yeah, okay. Not just because, like, Hitchcock drove her to hysterics. Or Kubrick. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. we'll t- okay, we'll talk about that. This is a Stanley <laughs> Kubrick film. Yeah. I want to see what Alfred Hitchcock would have done with this material. I'll tell you what, actually, yeah. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. That was yeah. my that was my my thought was I want to see what Hitchcock would have done with this. I think it would have been much more interesting. Yeah, see I think I, I on a whole as a filmmaker for me, Kubrick I think has flashes of brilliance marred by flashes of pretension and sometimes getting bogged down in his own kind of yeah brain as it were mm. and i th- i mean uh, as much as i love this i think there are instances of that within it uh, mm. much like his, his mm. other movies like you know full metal jacket the first half is brilliant but the second half is a bit yeah like, once yeah. once private piles carked it there's yeah it's kind of yeah, yeah it doesn't really but no but not even like, like sorry what i was trying to say was not yeah. even like kubrick driving duval to hysterics mm. i found her delivery yeah of pretty much everything awful mm, she's she very whiny so bad yeah i think she's wooden as well she, she's my least favorite thing about the film um uh it also doesn't help that nicholson is so charismatic and magnetic mm. even in that opening yeah. half hour where he's quiet yeah that he makes everybody else look half asleep yeah what do you think of the kid it's all right it's a kid acting great because oh, i think he's pretty good considering that he had no idea what film yeah he was and now i had a question about that hold yeah. on this may involve turning the page give me a moment yeah Given some of the things he has to do, yeah. how the hell did they convince him and indeed his parents that yeah. he was making a family drama? Now that's I, I, I I'm think... thinking in particular of the red rum scene, which oh um yeah, oh, it's all going to tie in. Um, I really really hated the music and the soundtrack to right. the point where I turned the volume down and put the subtitles on. Really, the very helpful subtitles have not subtitled the uh red rum scene at all so that kid says that word something like 43 times yeah. in that scene yeah. not one of them comes really? up on the screen yeah huh how weird so I, if you, I know are what you mean about legitimately the deaf and can't hear the soundtrack you have yeah. no idea what that child is saying in that how scene weird. because there's a it's a kind of a very kind of like high-pitched whines and things used aren't there yeah that? yeah it's kind of there's a particular whine used to like show that to bring on to show that the shining is happening ha- yeah either to the kid or to scatman so, brothers yeah um Oh, that's fine. That's a sound effect, but just like oh, the the music is awful. It's just like a, lot a of whole is... series of noises. It comes in in inappropriate places. Yeah. It just drove me potty. And what with Jack Nicholson shouting all the bloody time, <laughs> yeah. I just I had to turn it down. Really? I couldn't listen to this film. Wow, that's interesting. It's a good job the picture looked nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the creepiest thing for me actually yeah. was the kid talking to Tony. Yeah, with his finger. With his finger. Yeah. 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 Um. And that the whoever, who or whatever Tony was, yeah, knew an awful, knew more than he should. Yeah, I think now that he, that he know he. I'm thinking. Uh, I actually wrote that uh, the scene where the kid's in the bathroom looking in the mirror. Yeah, and he's talking to the finger. Yeah, and this sounds so stupid when I say it out loud. Yeah, and and the finger says he got the job. He's going to phone her and tell her in a minute. Next yeah. scene, phone rings. Shelley yeah. Bell picks up. It's Jack Nicholson saying, "I've got the job." Yeah, that kind of. It's thing. because I mean that that's. Because you know, we we it transpires the kid has what Scatman Carruthers calls the shining, meaning mm. that he's got some kind of extrasensory perception. So he's effectively almost telepathic, or whatever. So yeah. he knows he's obviously tuned into Jack Nicholson. So he knows what's being said in that meeting. Mm. You know, whether he understands it or not, or and he just turns that into an imaginary friend because mm. that's how he interprets those thoughts, yeah. I guess. Because that's the thing about this that they're they're kind of. Like I said before, there are weird different elements of horror. There's the, the just the simple, plain, like, abusive father. Yeah. Which is pretty horrible in itself. Then there's the kind of the odd supernatural, extrasensory perceptions, telepathic, yeah. you know, kind of thing going on. And then there's obviously... There's the ghosts in the hotel. The ghosts in the hotel and... There's effectively Jack Nicholson getting possessed. Kind of, yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah later and, on. Yeah, and I guess, that, like, I mean, there's so many different theories about what it's all about and mm. who, who's what, and it, you kind of have to pick and choose. And some of them you just kind of have to ignore, otherwise it gets too confusing. Yeah, so I just like found it's don't. just like a, this big mishmash of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that didn't really hang together for me, right. and it was just um, 
See, because for me, I can see that it is a mishmash of stuff and some of it I like, some of it I don't mm. like. But for some reason, the thing as a whole really does creep me out and, and I enjoy it because of that. Yeah, see, you got creeped out and I just got bored. Yeah. I just uh, I couldn't couldn't take it. Um, there's some devil's own exposition going on. Right. The script is awful. I think it was rewritten on an hourly basis. Did anyone tell you about that awful thing that happened that will certainly have some bearing on the plot later on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, well done on getting a Disney product into a Warner Brothers horror film. The kid oh, wears a Mickey Mouse jumper uh, at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, even without psychic children and supernatural weirdness, yeah. there's a story to be told here about the effect that isolation and indeed writer's block can exactly. have on a man's psyche. Yeah, now I, I've... That was more interesting to me than... I think that's more prevalent in the book than it is... I was... In the I, film, there's a lot. There are discrepancies, and I know you know Stephen King wasn't too happy about no, the I, film uh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff because the the book is more straightforward. He's yeah. an abusive father, and this is how the kids copes with it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there's also a really creepy scene in the book that is the only bit of the book that I can remember mm. that isn't in the film, and I can understand why it wasn't in the film because there's no way they could have made it look anything other than laughable. Mm. But there's a topiary garden with topiary animals. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. And that became that that becomes the hedge maze. Becomes in the, the hedge yeah, maze, yeah, yeah. The animated. Topiary. And there's a scene in the book where uh, I think it's um, Jack Torrance goes outside, and when he's not looking, the hedges move mm. and towards him mm. and are, are creeping up on him, but only when he's not looking. Yeah. And in the book, it's just really creepy and horrible. But mm. I can imagine if you try to make that on film in 1980, it probably looked really stupid. Yes. Why does Scatman Crothers have black exploitation uh, porn on his walls? I know that always makes me laugh. Just this I picture of a woman with a, the huge afro, just yeah. naked for no reason, yeah. on his wall. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then they cut to the reverse, and there's, and there's another, another one. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I will read this next note verbatim. Okay. Fuck me. Who decorated room two three seven? Oh, is that the really horrible green? Bathroom? That's the one where he finds the woman in the butt. Yeah. The, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and. Good God. Get Lawrence Lowell and Bowen around there immediately. It looks horrendous. My note on that, which I didn't read out last week, is I don't know what's more hideous, the naked old woman or the bathroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty horrible. Um, I have two like fairly major problems with this film. Okay. Jack's got writer's block. He's got nothing to write about. Yeah. Why doesn't he write about the creepy hotel he's staying in? <laughs> That's he true, could write yeah. a great ghost story. Yeah. Two, have they never heard of winter and skiing? That hotel is in prime ski country and they shut it down for the winter. Because I think actually they um some of those places are so isolated that it's it's too dangerous to hmm. ski. That doesn't come across really. No, it doesn't come across. I think, but I, I think that is genuinely the, the case. You could run a whole winter season. Yeah. Doesn't matter if people are trapped there, yeah. they can go out and ski. <laughs> Um, uh. What else? What else? Yeah, I've read that. I've read that. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a bit where Jack Nicholson looks right into the camera. Oh yeah, about I'm sure an hour in, yeah. he's running out of a, a scene with Shelley yeah. about, and he he looks right into the camera while taking a corner. Yeah. Um, uh, blah 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 blah. What else? What I have else? to say that I mean I'm really intrigued to see the documentary from two three seven. I'm not. Just I thought I would be. I thought I'd be, even if I didn't like the film, Yeah. I thought I'd be interested in all the films. Because right. I like things like obsessive detail in films. Yeah, yeah, um, And just, I had no further interest. I didn't really? even watch the uh, Mrs. Kubrick documentary that's oh, on really? the Blu-ray. Um, I just, I wanted to have, to have nothing more to do with this right. film. Interesting. Um, one of the creepiest things, Yeah. creepiest things? I don't know, unnerving, I think, Yeah. was important subjects were often placed centre frame. Mm. That doesn't happen these days. No. Well, the rule of thirds and yeah, yeah. look it up. I'm not going to put it in the link dump or anything. Um, yeah. And that's, I found that a bit odd and unnerving that your yeah. your chief subject was centre frame, but it may just have been the DOP thinking about the inevitable four by three TV crop we'd <laughs> have to do. <laughs> um, possibly, but I doubt it. I, I think things like that. I mean, I can't remember if I mentioned last week. I mean, there, some of the stuff they did for this was. Like crazy. I mean, mm. the whole of. Like, I love the steady cam work. I really, really like, especially the yeah, the low arm stair. shots chasing him, oh, chasing the kid, the kid around yeah. on his uh, on his trike. They're amazing. They are good. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think some of the cinematography is, is exceptional. Mm. I love. I mean, I love the fact that that huge, great big hall that he's sitting typing in, it you know is lit as winter daylight and it was indoors. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, I I just assumed it was a, if it even if it was a set, it was a set built with windows that was then aided mm. by light, not completely yeah. indoors. Yeah. Um, this is this is a great advert for Steadicam. Well, the guy that did film. the Steadicam was the guy that yeah, invented it. Yes, yeah. and he uh, he because the film overran, uh, he ended up commuting and doing a week on this and a week in LA on something else. One of the Rocky right movies, now. I think. I Rocky think it, two. I think it was Rocky Rocky three, maybe. It was one of the rocket. Yes, I read that. He, he would yeah. commute by Concord every weekend. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's crazy. That's a, that, imagine having that as a life. That would yeah. be insane. That would drive you nuts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Overall, don't like The Shining very much. Okay. Fair enough. Not that impressed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just got bored. Interesting. No. No more Kubrick. Pitch me more Hitchcock. Okay. He's more my. Well, level. we'll see about that. Well. Okay. Um. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced horror is my genre. No, either. I know. And that's why, because I mean, I'm not a huge horror fan, as I've said before, but I do, li- I do like this. And I, I, like I said, I, you know, I, there are bits of it I can sit there and go, oh, I don't really like that. But just overall, the sense, it kind of creeps me out, which most horror doesn't, mm-hmm. you know. In France, yeah. The Shining was called The Child Light. Okay. And in Finland, yeah. Flair. Flair? Yeah. Makes it sound like, like a gay 70s musical. <laughs> um, I have two reviews as well from Amazon. Okay. The first is a five-star review. I hate reviews on Amazon for films. I mean, I like reviews of films. I just don't look for them on Amazon. No, what I want is a product review. I want to know if the Blu-ray is any good or not. I don't care if you think The Shining is rubbish. I wouldn't be buying this 30-year-old, 30-year-old film if I didn't love it. Rant over. <laughs> One star. I was around a friend's last night and have to say they've done a decent job on this film. Did the friend do a job on this film? I don't really <laughs> understand that. It looks pristine. However, I saw this week it came I saw this the week it came out and my view has never changed. When we walked out of the cinema that day we were all underwhelmed as I still am today. Kubrick is clueless. <laughs> the film doesn't know if it's about the mental deterioration of the characters or a supernatural event. It's a mess and doesn't work on either level. This is one of those films that appeals to people who believe what what they are told rather than what's in front of their eyes. It's rubbish. The acting is farcical. It's so bad you can do nothing but laugh at it. Jack Nicholson is so over the top it's just unbelievable. And no, it doesn't work as anything but high camp silliness. There are a few nice views of some snowy maze, but apart from that, it's a real stinker. Apart from Uncle Jack camping it up in... What the hell? Oh, that doesn't make sense. The Shining stinks. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, hang on. Have you got any more there? Uh, No. No, no, no further shinings. Okay, uh, I've got two from Facebook. Okay, uh, one is my wife, huh. and she reviews. She's get involved. Yeah, she reviews this and Dallas Creed, so I'll only read the shining bit. Okay, uh, which is uh, the shining is a great film, but I find it too disturbing to enjoy. Um, and Alex Stone uh, commented, "This is a bit longer, so I'm not very good at reading aloud. So we'll we'll give this a go. This could be fun. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's well known that Stephen King hated the shining." Uh, the film version, obviously mm. not his own novel, because that would be weird. Um, <laughs> oh, I've written this amazing novel, but I really can't stand <laughs> it. Um, but I'm firmly in the love camp. Uh, despite the, the continuous, <laughs> despite the continuous whinging of Shelley Duvall, this film just wins, wins for me in a number of ways. It was one of the first films to employ the use of Steadicam, uh, and it was used to great effect, getting us in close on all those amazing scenes without the limitations of dollies and cranes. Um, like when Jack is stuck in the freezer and talking to Wendy through the door. Uh, Danny is by far one of the best kids ever to act in a horror film. And I think he's pretty good in this. Fine, he was a kid acting. Yeah, well, I, still, I still think he's Not, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I will never forget the moment when he was riding around the Overlook in his go-kart uh, with the, th- the wheels thumping over the carpet like a heartbeat. That was probably my favourite, one of my favourite scenes, actually. Yeah, just yeah. him going around mm. the corridors, yeah. Um it's something they do in Family Guy quite a lot with Stewie and they mimic Um, uh, and then the horrific image of the murdered twins Um, it still haunts me now there are so many scenes to choose from the beautiful and then the the beautiful and then the decaying old woman the 1920s bar scene uh, got to be one of the best in film history Uh, the car meandering through the mountains into isolation and the maze uh, the maze and, of course, the classic Here's Johnny. So iconic a scene that the still, Im- 
the image still adorns the walls of many student dorms to this day in poster <laughs> form. Uh, I actually used to have a sticker of that image on one of my guitars. Mm. Um, and who could forget Red Rum? Uh, love, the, love this film or hate it, nobody can deny it. It is a work of art that endures. I'm sure it will carry on enduring. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, so I think that's it for The Shining, isn't it? Okay. Alice Creed. If you haven't seen Alice Creed, we're about to ruin it. Switch yeah. off now. Yes. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> right. With that out of the way, do you want to recap right, Alice Creed? Right, it's those people. Okay. Um, I gave the shortest pitch in the world last you time. You did, yeah. Uh, and I felt it was necessary. The Disappearance of Alice Creed is a kidnap thriller. Mm-hmm. And there are precisely three characters in it. I said last week there are more ca- more extras than characters, and there are four extras. Yeah. Um, Gemma Arterton plays Alice. Uh, she is kidnapped by uh, Danny, played by Martin Compton, and uh, Vic, who is a terrifying Eddie Marzen. Um, they strip her, tie her to a bed, uh, take photos of her, and send them to her father with a ransom note. She turns out to be an heiress. Uh, and they demand money with menaces. Uh, however, the plot twists and turns from there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And we can talk about those twists and turns as they come okay. up in Tom's notes. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to start by saying I didn't like it. Didn't you? No. Oh, we've, we've done so well this week. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the first five minutes were really good. And I, and I think the best thing about the film is Eddie Marsden. I thought he was really good. Oh, yeah. Um, But just as a whole it just didn't I don't know it just didn't do it for me and I think I I think it comes down to similar feelings I had with Buried okay in that I just didn't care that much alright because I didn't know enough about her I think if I'd known a but bit more but things get revealed her, about all of them as it goes on they do but I still don't think there's enough to care okay um and also, by the point... Is it you just need more people in your films? I don't know. No, I don't think that's the case. I, I think that one of the things that annoyed me slightly also was the fact that on some levels it felt like a really good short film that was too long. Okay. I think it would have been much better as a really compact short mm-hmm. because the way the film plays, I sat there knowing that there was a twist coming. Hmm. And every time I knew there was a twist coming, I had certain scenarios for what I thought that would be. And inevitably, I always had, I was close okay. on my guesses. So as a result of that, nothing really shocked me about the film because I'd kind of pre- started to preempt it already. Because I was getting to the point where I was almost like, okay, you're going you're gonna to try and shock me in the next 10 minutes. Mm. And this is what I think you're going to try and do. See, I, I knew that was coming, yeah. but I looked forward to it. I wanted to see where it was going to take me next. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It just didn't quite. I didn't, I don't know. It just didn't hold together for me. I didn't okay. feel. I didn't get sucked into it. Okay. I mean, although I say that the first five minutes draws you in really well, but then after that, it just didn't really hmm. keep me like really on the edge of my. This seat. is interesting because I got to like half an hour in. Yeah. Uh, realized my heart rate was elevated. Really. And it didn't. Uh, and I didn't notice it drop again for another hour. Wow. I was completely hooked by this. It's interesting. I don't know what yeah. I don't know why I didn't engage with it so well. I'm going to have a quick quick squeeze from my notes and see if there's anything else sure. revealing that I've written because I know I didn't write any notes for quite a while. That's usually a good sign. It or is when I don't write yeah, notes. Yeah. But I don't, I, and I think it was just cuz I was trying to gauge the film. I was just trying to get a handle on it really. Mm. Um but I like things like will Vic find the bullet casing and then yeah, that because was, she gets she kind yeah. of gets it, it is revealed that um, uh, Danny knows. Should we should we do a quick like these are all the twists and then? Yeah, okay, we can try. Okay, so, so the f- um, the first plot twist is that the revelation of a re- yeah. relationship between Danny, Danny and, and Alice. Alice. Yes. So they know each other and appear to be boyfriend and girlfriend, or at least were before, before he went to prison. Prison, yeah, where he met Vic. Where he, yeah, and the idea is that he's teamed up with this guy to try and extort money from the father she doesn't like, mm-hmm. so that they can run away together. Mm. So that's the first kind of ev- evolution of the plot. Yeah, which is okay. That kind of holds together mm. nicely. Again, was something I was expecting that she would be in it. In mm. but he only reveals this after she's uh, been kidnapped managed to get, and gone through. To, it, yeah. No, no, after oh, she's she managed to get his and, gun yeah. off him. Yeah. yeah, after faking him to go to the toilet. Yeah, um, yeah. and then and to get her to like stop pointing at, he takes his mask off and reveals who, who he, is. he is. Yeah, and but not that, before she's fired at him and a bullet's gone in the wall. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess the next big twist reveals that. 
Danny and Vic are in a gay relationship which started when they were in prison. Yeah. And then... It, see, I actually screamed out loud at that moment because I, I that I did not see coming at all. Because I was... Already, by that point, I was always right. okay, I know that this filmmaker is going to try and do something that is completely unexpected. So mm-hmm. I was already like, okay, what what would I do if I wasn't expecting something to happen? And then I was trying to think of what you could do within that space. And one of, and one one of, of the options was, man love. was, okay, perhaps they're, they're, they're in a relationship. Mm. Uh, one of the others I thought was, was maybe perhaps Vic and Alice have a prior mm. uh, relationship of some sort that Danny didn't know about. Mm. And that was, like, that was one of my other theories, if you like. Mm. Um, so those are kind of all the big twists and turns yeah. that it goes through. And, and one thing I noticed was you often have the same scenes or style of scenes repeated, mm. but each of the characters rotates their dominant role within yes. that. Yeah. Um, and I think that worked to a point, but then you kind of get round mm. to it all again and you're kind of like, well, okay, well, you can kind of start to guess the outcome of this situation based on what's already happened in mm. a previous one. Like, you know, there's a secret. I think there are two two moments where she gets the upper hand with the gun, but both times he either persuades her or over, over, overpowers yeah. her. So you kind of know the second time around, it's kind of, for me, it lost its intensity because I okay. already knew that he's, he could uh, bring the situation around to his advantage. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I ju- it just, um, I don't know. It just kind of, it just didn't click properly for me. And I just couldn't, like, you know, I, th- I, th- I thought, like I said, Eddie Marsden was really, really good. And then the other two were just a bit, okay. I didn't really. I agree. He. D- I liked all of the performances, but I agree he is definitely the best. He dominates yeah. the film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think he's. He's. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where he's been been no. average. Even. No. 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 Eddie you know, I think a, he's, he's a, a really fine good guy. actor. Um, but yeah, so I just don't know. Uh, so I mean, by the point we got to the, the gay relationship reveal, mm. I almost felt like it was a bit cheap. Like it was just a bit of a. I'm I'm using this to shock you because okay. you weren't expecting it. Maybe it's a case of. Maybe you would have liked it more if you'd read it as a screenplay. Maybe I I don't know. It's just something didn't didn't make it work. And I, when when that is revealed that they're in a gay relationship, that mm. doesn't really that doesn't really change much. There's I mean it it could have the fact that it's a gay relationship. They could have just been in like a strong friendship and yeah. still had the same outcome. And it just seemed to me that they were using that as a real an extra inflammatory device if you like to make okay. you kind of go you know oh that's something i wasn't expecting mm. so I, I don't know it just it just seemed like a bit of a cheap trick really okay because yeah. i i don't know i liked trying to keep up with where it was going to go next right. i loved the i in particular liked the, the very dark humor of danny trying to hide the spent shell yeah but it won't flash down the toilet, yeah, yeah. and like it, it looks like Vic's going to kick the door in of the bathroom. So he pulls it out the toilet and swallows it. Yeah. Then later on, he throws up, yeah. looks in the toilet, and there the case is. is back there. Yeah. He's got to swallow the damn thing again. Yeah. See, I love that. That made right. me laugh uh, quite a lot. Um, I love that even the title is a twist. Yeah. The real disappearance of Alice Creed is it's her the driving ending, off uh, the into end, the sunset yeah, yeah. with the mum. Okay, we might as well do the whole spoiler thing. Fine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Vic finds out about Danny and Alice, and mm. then basically everyone tries to double-cross everybody else. Mm. Pretty much, or not double-cross, but everyone tries to, you know, screw over everybody yeah. else. Um, Either with assistance or, or on their that, own. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Vic takes Danny to where the money drop is supposed to be, but it's just an empty hole and tries to kill him. Mm. Uh, uh, he, uh, Danny gets shot. But escapes. Yeah, they 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 take her from the room, the the flat, and chain her up in a warehouse, mm. uh, and they're going to leave her for dead. Or Vic's going to leave her for dead. Mm. Um, but you know, Danny didn't. Da- yeah, Danny kind of comes back, and then he effectively double crosses both of them mm. and buggers off with the money after shooting Vic, mm. and he's there, and she's chained up in the warehouse, and Danny leaves. Mm. Uh, but he's See, so badly wounded that at that point. I didn't trust the film not to just kill everyone. There was right. a point when I honestly thought that Vic would die from his gunshot wound, yeah. wound, Danny would drive into a tree, and Alice would just be left chained to the radiator, not able to get the keys. The point at which um, Danny shot Vic, mm. I said to my wife, he's going to go and get in the car, take the money, but because of injuries, he's going to crash it, she's going to escape and find the money and disappear. I did exactly the same thing. 
and I, and and I, I was okay that. with that. And I, and I was just like, and then that kind of transpires over the next sort of fifteen minutes or so, and it's yeah. kind of like it's, it was just like you knew that was what was going to happen. And I don't mm. know, it just didn't quite, you know. Okay, hold it. I, I don't know. It was really difficult. It was quite frustrating because you can't you kind of sit there looking at it and going, I like, I like the premise of the film. I think it's nicely shot. Mm. You know, I think the fact that it's in a very confined space and it's shot well within that confined space. Mm. Like, I mean, you don't, like the cinematography, you don't get too bored with and it's not, the shots aren't repeated too much or anything mm. like that. So I thought that was all really good and Eddie Marsden was good. It's just, I don't know, it just didn't, I don't know. They just, it seemed, it seemed to lack something. And I don't know what. Okay. I'm going to stop pitch, stop pitching you small numbers of people in a confined space. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because yeah. it doesn't go well. <laughs> Quite. Fun. I'm trying to think of any that I might have and like. It's interesting because I thought you would really like both this and Buried, yeah. and they've been kind of two of your Perhaps, bigger disappointments. Yeah, I think. maybe I should pitch you Cube. Yeah. Okay. Because that's a horror film in a confined space with a small amount of people. But yeah. I like that. Maybe. Yeah. We've okay. had communication from the outside world. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Phil Austin, uh-huh. a regular communicator. Yes. Sent us an email. He says, look, an actual email, not an extended tweet. Yeah. Uh, Watch the disappearance of Alice Creed like a good, obedient little HYS podcast list. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Well acted and some nice twists. Maybe a few too many for some people's liking, but I do enjoy a good twist in my films. Oh. I actually figured that the hostage would end up with the money anyway, although I had her as part of the plot against her boyfriend and running off with the other kidnapper. So well, I guess he yeah, thought okay, she was yeah, going yeah, to have 30 miles. But thinking. it was definitely a fun ride getting to that point. One of the better British films based around crime, not particularly a genre I'm a fond of. I blame Guy Ritchie. <laughs> but this one drew me in quickly and kept me there. I think part of the appeal is you are writing the story straight away and get the backstory as you go along rather than having to endure a tedious setup to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, he then says, if you like this film, I recommend another British movie called The Hide. It was a short film made for TV, but it's also tremendously active with some nice twists throughout. Right. Um, I, uh, I recorded that when it was first... Um, First on say, TV. It rings a bell. I haven't yeah, seen it. It's about it's about two twitchers in a, in oh, a right, bird okay. watching hide, yeah. and it's it was made for or by Channel Four. Right. And I recorded it and never watched it. It was about five, four or five years old. Yeah. Um. But I might Super see if I can track it down. Yeah. He also says, I also watched The Descendants, okay. which we covered way back when. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, I found it quite disappointing to be honest. I was really looking forward to it after decent reviews. However, it didn't really engage me. Don't get me wrong, I could tell it was good, but there are occasions when I'm watching a good film and it really doesn't maintain my interest. Right. Maybe this will be the one I come back to down the line and enjoy much more on a second viewing. I did that with Casablanca and had a totally different experience watching it a second time, mm. but it did nothing for me the first time. Mm. I also didn't get its billing as a comedy as I didn't find any of it amusing. It's worth a watch as it's good, but for whatever reason, I personally got nothing from it. All the best, Phil. That's interesting. Also, an yeah. opposing point of view from Graham Hubbard on Facebook. Okay. Oh, what about what? About Alice Creed. Oh, right, okay. I really didn't like Alice Creed, exclamation mark. <laughs> right. <laughs> I may have come at it in the wrong mood, but I found the tears, snot, and general misery really tiresome. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect meant, meant to the cast, particularly Eddie Marsden, for a fearless, ferocious performance, but the whole thing left me cold and disappointed. I'd approached it with high hopes. Hmm, interesting. It does seem to be a bit of a divide there, I think. Mm. Um, I have a one-star review. Right. Really poor. Un- unrealistic dialogue from the word go no tension or apprehension at all just shockingly poor straight to television film along the lines of The Ghost I don't know what that is oh that's the that's Piers Brosnan and um, Ewan McGregor is and it? yeah it's about I think it I think it's something to do about the oh writing Tony Blair's yeah, autobiography the one that was called uh, The Ghost Writer everywhere else in the world and then they just called it The Ghost over here I think so yeah okay I think that's it what is it with Britain we seem to just kill the scale and possibilities in any film we make. Small, suburban, crabby, and without any interest in any of the characters. The only thing they could have done to make it worse would have been to cast Ewan McGregor. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. This is not going to become a new regular section. Right. And I'm tempted to read all of them. Okay. I found the plot keywords on Amazon, and okay. they made me laugh out loud. There's like three pages on but they made me laugh right. out loud. Handcuffs. <laughs> Topless female nudity. Right. Men in underwear. Undressing. Videotaped ransom demand. So if you want movies with videotaped ransom demands, you click that and it shows them up. Soundproof room. Ransom. Beer drinking. Darkened room. Woman on top. Page two. They're just 
It's amazing. Barefoot, face slap, <laughs> car fire, confinement, burning a car, girl stripped down to panties, bound and gagged, male frontal nudity, <laughs> duct tape, <laughs> violence against women, gay couple, homosexual kiss, microwave oven, <laughs> <laughs> male rear nudity, kidnapping, selfishness, tied to a bed, ball gag, pine forest, stapler. What? Foot well, chase. They have a... They have a, they have a oh, they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Urination. Blood splatter, bare breasts, delivery van, gun, handcuffed to a bedpost, female crying, dying man, thrown across the room, car radio, F word, pokies, pokies, yep, bloody nose, kidnapped girl, ex con, peephole, woman hostage, black panties, shot in the back, bullet in wall, looking at self in mirror, ski mask, flushing toilet, male nudity, ransom money, bare chested male, spoon, syringe, hit on the head. Someone just surmised each scene in one word. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this is the idiot's guide to Alice Creed. Uh, Chewing gum. Uh-huh. Spoon feeding. Double cross. Camcorder. Tear on cheek. Boyfriend, boyfriend relationship. Kicked in the face. Woman in panties. Covered female frontal nudity. Knife held to throat. Deadbolt. Force feeding. Older man, younger man relationship. Betrayal. Shot in the chest. Hardware store. Threatened with a gun. Held hostage, love triangle, tattoo, keys, barn, car theft. Kidnapper, kidnapped relationship, hiding behind a tree. <laughs> so you can search for any film containing hiding, behind, hiding a behind a tree. Yeah. Bitten in the hand, biting someone, locked a door, soundproofing, door change, hostage, gay man, bisexual man. Do you know what that makes me think of? <laughs> the, the Peter Serafinowicz sketch where he plays um, the private detective with all the different costumes. Gay man. <laughs> Christmas man. Uh, I'll have to find a link to that now, won't I? Yeah. Steel door. Abduction. Bathroom. Passionate kiss. Bullet. Cellular phone. Gay kiss. Foot pursuit. Toilet. Assembling furniture. <laughs> Stolen license plate. Woman in bra and panties. Gun held to head. Kitchen. Van. Parking lot. Spread eagle. Paid for. Bloody hell. Last one. <laughs> Once I started, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> no. stop. Erotica. Abandoned building, violence, declaration of love, woman with a gun, male full frontal nudity, tracksuit, <laughs> minimal cast, vomiting in a toilet, door lock, shot, woman in bed, bag of money, female nudity, animated credits, sex, <laughs> bicycle lock, <laughs> masked kidnapper, pulling down pants, clothes cut off, woods, <laughs> clip on necktie, <laughs> nudity, thrown to the floor, woman crying, handcuffed to a bed, Laptop computer, stealing a car, panties, shell casing, bag overhead, injection, kidnapper, mobile phone, hitting a woman, begging for one's life. Threatened with knife, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, character name in title, surprise ending. <laughs> I think we should we should click on the hiding behind tree tab. <laughs> well, the hiding behind tree. Okay, <laughs> so maybe for next episode, each, yeah. I'll see if I... Oh, we'll oh, really? a hi- yeah, we'll do oh. a hiding behind tree <laughs> special. <laughs> maybe we should. If I can find any more amusing kind yeah. of like plot keywords on Amazon for movies, I might start incorporating them into the show a bit yeah. more. That's fantastic. Um, pitches. Yeah. I've just read a lot. Do you want to do yours? Yeah, okay. All, yeah? Right, well. all right. So <clears throat> I had a feeling you wouldn't really get on well with The Shining. Okay. So you pitched me The Shining too, shinier. <laughs> yeah. So what I thought I'd do is uh, we're going to do a little experiment to see whether it's a general disinterest in Stanley Kubrick or whether right. it's specific movies. Okay. So I'm going to pitch you the polar opposite of his work. So you're getting right. another Kubrick movie. Okay. I'm going to pitch you Doctor Strangelove. As soon as you said polar opposite, I knew it'd be Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I'm not sure if you will like it or not. Mm-hmm. I, get, I think you should watch it, and I think there will be things about it that make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go in under the impression that it is a laugh out loud comedy all the way through because mm-hmm. it, it isn't. There are some very funny things about it, but you know. There tend to be a few big laughs and a general amu- amusement throughout. Okay. Say. So I'll give you a quick plot, a potted synopsis. You double Kubrick me. Yeah. Well, you know, to put it this way, if this one doesn't go down well, when we've got him out of the way. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All you right. Because let's face it, that I w- out of his work, I'm, I would possibly pitch you 2001 and A Clockwork Orange and mm. maybe Paths of Glory at a mm. push. Um, and that would be it anyway. Okay. So um, you never know. So it's Doctor Strangelove or or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yes, yeah, I'm not putting that in the in the uh, episode <laughs> title. No. Um, 
So basically, an insane general starts a process to a nuclear holocaust, uh, and a war room full of politicians and generals frantically try to stop it. Mm. So that's basically it. It's a, a general finds a loophole in the chain of command and starts a nuclear attack on Russia, mm-hmm. and they've got to try and stop it from happening. Um, in fact, I will possibly take out my probably one of my favourite scenes in this whole film is Peter Sellers as uh, well. Peter Sellers plays three characters in it for a start. Mm. Uh, he plays uh, Group Captain Lionel Mandrake, who's an RAF, RAF officer on secondment to the Air Force Base where this general has gone mad mm-hmm. and ends up locked in his office with him throughout the course of this film. Uh, the other char- two characters he plays is uh, President Merkin Muffley, who is the US president. Okay. Um, and it's him calling the Russian premier to tell him that they've accidentally started a nuclear attack. is. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, because it's just a one-sided phone call. Hmm. You only hear what Peter Sellers is saying. Um, and a lot of it was ad-libbed. Uh, and the, the final character he plays is Dr. Strangelove, who is a German scientist hmm. who is an advisor to the, the White House and the, the president. Uh, and from his actions and accent, we assume an ex-Nazi. Right. Um Obviously, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, it's also one of the big people in it is uh, George C. Scott as uh, General Buck Turgidson. Mm-hmm. And he's an, he's an Air Force general who's the man in the war room with the president advising him on what's going on. So he's kind of a key link between the president and the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, Sterling Hayden is Brigadier General Jack Ripper. And he's the, the, the one who's launched this attack. Um, and then uh, we also have... Uh, the flight crew of a B-52 who are on the mission, or one of the many crews, because I think there's 30 planes that go in with their their atomic bombs, um, the commander of which was supposed to be played again by Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. It w- ended up not being played by Peter Sellers after they'd shot half of the scenes because he was having a row with Kubrick and fell out of the uh, set plane, which was 15 feet above the ground, <laughs> and broke his leg, Oops. and he couldn't get back in it. Uh, once he had the cast on, right. So they had to draft in Slim Pickens and reshoot and reshoot it. Um, oh Lord. One of the interesting things, though, is the set they built for the B fifty two. At the time, the B fifty two was one of the pinnacle bombers of the U.S. Air Force. Mm. So there are no photos of it. Mm. There's no, nothing um, apart from there was one book that was about military aircraft and there was one photograph on the cover of a really bad photograph on the cover of this book of part of the inside of the cockpit Mm. um so the production designers took that picture studied it and as with many film crews at that time a lot of these people had done national service or Mm -hmm. been in the armed forces or had flown jets or fighters or bombers or whatever so using their knowledge pool of roughly what goes in one of those things they made it up Mm -hmm. and then had to persuade the fbi not to launch an investigation because it was so accurate whoops yeah they got it so right that they were worried that they had illegally procured uh like (laughs) like photos via uh, espionage and all this kind of stuff um so yeah, it's it's a funny film with a, about a serious subject, and mm. it was originally intended to be a straight drama called I think it was based based on a book called Zero Hour or something like that. Uh, um, was it Zero Hour? I think it was. I, I meant to write. No, because that's what Airplane was based that's on. Wasn't it? No, it was <laughs> yeah. another one. Then it was another title. It wasn't Zero Hour? What was it? We can find it for next week. Yeah, I can find it for next week. But it was um, it was, it was supposed to be a straightforward drama, mm-hmm. um, but Kubrick realised that actually by highlighting the silliness of certain aspects of that situation mm. brought home the message even more um which is why it developed into this comedy um like i said peter sellers is just he's brilliant in this film he's an absolute on top form um there was he did actually uh, had to reshoot a lot of his president stuff in the war room because he started it uh, he started to portray him as an asthmatic with a cold. So he had an asthma inhaler and one of those like Olbus things that you sniff mm. to unblock yeah. your nose. But apparently the footage was so funny 
all you could hear was the crew laughing and like, every take was ruined because no one could keep a straight face. So mm. after two or three days, they had to stop it. And Kubrick turned to, said to Pete Sellers, you know what, we're going about this wrong. The president should be the only man who is completely straight and understands the sheer importance and danger of this situation. So he effectively plays the president almost straight, mm. but in doing so makes it very funny. Um. So it's kind of it's kind of good. I I think I think yeah, you know, it's got some great scenes, and mm-hmm. it's um, I warn, warn warn you now the DVD I'm going to give you is mixed aspect ratio. Some of this film seems to be in different aspect ratios. Okay. It's a bit I'm not quite I've sure. I've seen why. films where that happens on purpose. Yeah, I don't know why in this. Because it's not really explained. Of all things, Galaxy Quest. Have you seen that? No, you've not oh, seen it. Seen, no, I have seen Galaxy Quest. Yeah. I was hoping for a second you said you hadn't because I love it. No, I think it's hilarious. I, I have seen it, yeah. But when they take off from Earth yeah. and enter space for the first time, yeah. it goes from 185 to 235, so you get the scope of space. Oh, right, and it okay. stays that way for the rest of the movie. Oh, interesting. No, this is 4-3, and I think some of the scenes are 16, uh, or 185, I guess. How right. weird. Yeah, I can't remember where it switches, but it does switch. Okay. Um, again, I my, hope that's just within the picture and not a flag on the DVD because that's going to send my player insane. No, I don't think, I think it's within the picture. Okay, good. Um, so the things I love about this film are Peter Sellers primarily mm-hmm. um, and the production design of some of the sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was done by Ken Adam, who was is a legendary production designer who did a lot of the Bond. The I was going to say, yes, I know, his na- I know his name in yeah, the... Yeah, uh, so, you know, the, like, he, the you know, the War Room is one of the most iconic sets ever built with the big round table and the, the triangular sloping roofs and all that kind of stuff. So his, yes. the, the production design... Yes, as soon as, is, as soon as you said the title, from the, that was the first image in my head was yeah, of the war the room. room yeah. yeah, Um which famously President Reagan asked where it was when he moved into the White House after taking nice. office because he had no idea that no such place existed. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's it really. It's, you know, it's a comedy about what would happen if there was a, an accidental nuclear attack. Okay, and it's it's a satire. So we'll see if you like it, and then okay. we'll, we'll, that if if you really don't, then that might d- decide whether or not we go and if there any, are any more any Kubrick. any further Kubricks or not. Okay. Well, you kind of you one up me, right? Because I was we were thinking like we need a, a comedy, yeah. this week. So I went for a comedy, yeah. And I was also thinking we haven't had a good Nazi movie for a while, and you've pitched a movie with a Nazi. In it. <laughs> I have actually. I didn't yeah. realize. Sorry. Yeah. And so have I. Oh, really? Yeah. Hang on, how have we managed to get two two Nazi movies that are both comedies in the same show? Well, I'm pitching you Dead Snow. Oh, really? Which okay. is uh, a Norwegian horror comedy yeah. from a few years ago. This is something I've always meant to watch. I just, oh, so uh, have I. And I eventually did it. it the other night. And yeah. I just thought it had me screaming in terror and howling with laughter. Really? At the same time <laughs> right, in some places. Okay. And I thought, I've got to do it. Okay. It's a, I thought, just think it's a lot of fun. It's just... Okay. Don't take it seriously. No. Um, it's just. I don't think you can ever take zombie Nazis no, seriously. No, to be well, fair. Let's, let, the premise is seven friends, four male, three female, all medical students, yeah. um, go on an Easter break to a cabin in the snow covered woods in Norway. Mm. Uh, and they're awaiting the final girl who's decided she's going to cross country. She's the sporty one. She's going to cross country ski oh, okay. to get there. And while they wait for her, zombies attack. Right. Nazi zombies. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it happily and playfully references the fact that it's a silly zombie comedy, yeah. but without breaking the fourth wall. Right, gotcha. Um, it happily references that it's a cabin in the woods movie. Right. Um, it's funny, it's scary, it's gory. Um, the snowscapes look really good in yeah. the cinematography. Uh, it's got a fun kind of like Norse metal soundtrack to <laughs> right, go with it. Nice. Um, and... It's cine-literate in a fun and, I said, playful way with loads of really good references. Okay, cool. Uh, A couple of which just made me laugh out loud. Right. Um, There's a couple of really good twists on zombie lore. Right. um, Which which we can talk about next time because I don't want to give them away. Mm -hmm. But when they happened, I thought that's that's pretty clever. It's not usually... Things aren't usually done that way. Yeah. Um, I don't have many notes, really. Right. Uh, And what I do have is best kept for next week yeah um but it does have one of my favorite poster taglines right ein zwei die that is brilliant yeah 
That is fantastic. Uh, it's easily it's available on Netflix. Right. And if you're of a love film persuasion, uh, it's available on Love Film Instant as well. Oh wow! Cool. I do believe. Uh, so it's streamable to Excellent. any of our listeners mm-hmm. who have. I do have, have a those question. services. Yes. How gory is it? Uh, Just because I want to gauge, like when I watch it, I, generally if I'm going to watch a horror film, I like to gauge what mood I'm in for. Uh, well, let's equate it to, say, for example, Halloween, which well, isn't very gory, but hold on, it comes across. I was, was going to say this next next week, right. but um, it kind of it's kind of relevant now. Are we going to Planet Terror? One of my territory? touchstones for gore yeah. is in Shaun of the Dead, where yes. Dylan Moran is pulled out yes. from the window and ripped apart. Yeah, there is a scene that's very similar to that. Right, that outgores that okay right or okay. is on at very least on a par okay. with that so, so it's somewhere between at. Shaun of the Dead and Planet Terror yes okay and just as silly as both both okay that's fine I think it will I think it will yeah okay because for me there gore. were a couple of scenes where I had to look away from the screen because okay. I'm, qu- I'm quite particular about what gore I can enjoy well, and what uh, I can't so am I yeah so am I um, yeah. okay I think cool. this is there's enough uh, beyond the gore, there's enough fun and invention yeah. in this. Oh, that's good. Uh, and not just like, there are some creative zombie deaths, which yeah. is always fun. Mm. But beyond that, um, there's some well written verbal comedy as well, even like in Norwegian. Um, but yeah, the, like, the script is funny in and of itself. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I hope, just, I hope you just enjoy it. Just yeah, a, yeah. I just thought a fun comedy. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm only pitching this because my original choice has disappeared from Netflix and I couldn't be bothered looking for my DVD. <laughs> no, okay. Fair enough. Okie dokie. Um, so next well, next time out will be the be uh, no, Nazi, Nazi fun time out. out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plugs and thanks? Yeah, I think so. Have we okay, covered okay. everything? I think, I think we so, yeah. We don't have any comments on movies that we haven't watched no, yet. No, that's true. Yeah, I'm just trying to think we've done everything, haven't we? Yeah. So, if you watch Dead Snow and or... Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. You can uh, tell us all of your thoughts on Twitter at HYS Podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook. You can leave a comment there, which is facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. Mm-hmm. We talk about the blog. And as we say, not an awful lot gets done with it because <laughs> we really don't have the time. But no. it's where you can find all the back episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's have you seen.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on iTunes, obviously, and every every place else you like to get podcasts. Yeah. I did a little stats reading the other day. Oh yeah, you were and saying. discovered that yeah, uh, there's a there's a, uh, a company called Stitcher Radio, an app, mm. a radio app, um, which is available for all platforms of phones, smartphones. Yeah. Uh, and I discovered that 15 percent of our listeners listen to us through the app. That's pretty good. Yeah. So if you're a uh, hello to anybody who's listening on Stitcher yeah. Radio, hello. Um, email. That's the other way you can contact yeah. us. I got sidetracked there. Yeah, but yeah, we had an email. That's quite we did. Yes, it, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so if you want to follow in Phil's footsteps, yeah, uh, it's podcast at haveyouseen.net. That's the address mm-hmm. he sent his email to, and yeah. uh, you can send us uh, thoughts on movies we've covered or uh, ideas for movies you think we should cover. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're really keen to get more pitches from from the listeners. We like listener interaction. Yeah, we, we do. like talking to the public. Yeah, so or we yeah. like the public talking to us. At yeah, least. absolutely. Yeah, don't be afraid to to write in and disagree with us or agree with us or whatever yeah. you know we love that kind of thing yeah the usual thanks go to Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio mm-hmm. which this week is variable in temperature I started yep. cold and now I'm warm yeah uh, and of course to Alexia Mom, who's our technical guru absolutely and um, bizard and yeah. beard idol yes <laughs> <laughs> maybe that could be an ITV show beard idol beard idol yeah but his beard is never idle no <laughs> okay uh, we will see you next time probably in two weeks because uh, yes, we're not so. quite out of the darkness yet when it comes no. to work and real life. No, I guess over the coming weeks we'll decide if we're going to go back to weekly. Yes, there's a chance once November rolls around things have quietened down a bit, we could go back to weekly. Yeah, but for I'd, now I'd we'll like stick to, to two I weeks. Think. Well, I guess I guess I would, but only because it like took three weeks between episodes this time yeah, around yeah. Uh, due to yeah. tiredness. Yeah, I think we need to get make sure we try and keep it regular. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. The all brand of podcasts. <laughs> Keep you regular. Keep you yeah. regular. It might make you shoot yourself. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll be back for Nazi Fun Time Hour in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Until then, uh, enjoy movies. Bye.